Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you and enjoy the show. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take We're a trying look. to, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. That's not, I'm not a cat. <laughs> Hey, and we're not cats too. Welcome to Drunk Year in Review. I'm Cody. I'm with Aaron and with JM. We're all three back together the first time. Oh, since before Delta, I think. I don't know, something like since that. Since before, yeah, since October. Certainly before Omicron. 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 I had an old high school buddy hit me up and he was like, you know, I like what you guys are doing. Uh, and I was kind of excited because I haven't talked to him in a long time. That's great. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so the message is getting out of there that we don't know how to, we don't know how to say premies or premies or. I've got to, I got to tell you, I was listening to you uh, say premies while I was working out. And it's like, I'm glad it have nothing overhead because it would have fell. <laughs> I was like, well, what? <laughs> Premise? That, so th now you know how I felt when we were talking and you said heirlooms in the family. I go, the what? And you're like, the heirlooms, you know, things that are like in the family forever. I was like, are yeah, you talking about a fucking heirloom? Heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> oh, oh, are you trying to tell me it's not a hair lip? It's an heirloom. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that oh, we're all wearing don't our laugh Christmas at him. shirts. It's an heirloom. Yeah. So we're all wearing our Christmas shirts from each other. That's right. I'm not. I got my Lone Star t-shirt on. Uh, Cody, what do you got? Do you Two have your three. Uh, pizza yeah. pints? I'm not because we're behind in laundry, but I did buy the sweet <laughs> deep eddy cabaret shirt. Hold on. Oh, it's, okay. worth, it's worth it. Hold on. Oh, oh yeah. no, no, no. I and have that. For, for the more visual stuff, I'll, I'll describe what's on Cody's t-shirt. It's very phallic. Spindle top with no, a that's, star. But yeah, very phallic. And deep it's Eddie Cabaret for their 70th everywhere. anniversary. No, no, no Aaron, yeah. that's a, uh, I actually have that poster. Um, oh, that is a, that's I was a, being funny. Oh, uh, I was going to say, yeah, no, I have, um, I have a print of that. I've got a bunch of Lone Star beer uh, posters and that's one of them that I have framed. Um, is the spindle top with the Lone Star blowing the beer instead of oil everywhere. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, well guys, I'm super sorry. We were supposed to kick this off, I don't know, probably like uh, an hour and change ago, <laughs> but um, I got my days mixed up. Uh, apologies. This is like I'm that so black sorry. hole week, yeah. though, so it makes sense. And next week we'll be on a regular schedule, and then the second week of January it'll be – just you two again because i will be out in savannah from thursday night till monday night 
anniversary or Christmas present. That's like. Christmas That's slash right. birthday gift. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you gotta it, go so looking for the ice creams again. This That's isn't right. sexy radio, but uh, I got the echo again. Do I just need to keep turning down this output until? Eh, okay. It's probably your headphones. Now it's better. Okay. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Whatever. We won't edit well, that out because hey, we don't guys, know how. I'm so excited to have all of us in the same, um, even if this is a Google Meet, but it, we're all in the same room for all intents and purposes. How was your week? Go for it. Make fun of me all you want. And by the way, I did hear your your impression, <laughs> and I thought it was me for uh, a second. Uh, your mom loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love my mom. She uh, and, and for our listeners, mom called me on FaceTime uh, probably 45 minutes ago when we were waiting for Cody to log in. And so I just threw on her FaceTime. I know we were waiting for you when we were really waiting for me. It was a whole thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so while you're grabbing your beer and shot, um, we had mom on, on, the, on FaceTime for about, I don't know, two minutes. Um, I guess the secret's out. We're doing a sweepstakes, and we have to select a winner at some point. Yeah, so by the time, by the time everybody listens to this, or I'm sorry, by the time this podcast is published, we will have already chosen the winner. Uh, we made some amendments to it because we decided Aaron and I post episode last week had decided that there's no point in sending people music because one, I'm not going to buy vinyls for everybody. Um, and, and with I, supply chain issues, it'd take months. Yeah. And you fuckers have iTunes or, or fucking Spotify anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah, everybody's got a streaming service. Amazon or you're going to go torrent or if you're old school YouTube music or whatever the case. <laughs> yeah. Might be. Yes. All my homies be bit torrenting still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I saw a cool infographic today that Napster actually pays the most per stream. Uh, oh yeah. Cause they do have a service. Yeah. Napster's a, has a streaming service and they pay the most per stream. Okay. Is anyone here met someone who's has a Napster account? Nope. Well, I don't I know mean, anyone who has a title if you account. Have a Napster account? I think that would qualify you for the winner of the sweepstakes. Yeah, true. Yeah, if you got a Napster, let us know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'll send you a copy of my book, just because. So, yeah, um, like my friend Mike, he's like, uh, I mean, I can't open this. I only have Apple Music. I'm like, what the fuck? But you know, I guess he the has reason Apple I have everything. Spotify is because. You did not I gave give you a spot me of family stuff. Wink, wink. So can we talk about that real quick? Because my dad, uh, so my dad uses Pandora. So uh, he's been, right, just. Oh, a bear, friend of mine, my, my friend Brian uses Pandora. Bear with, I saw a commercial for, for Pandora's like, what? Yeah, bear You're with, still doing that? Bear with me here. So okay. dad's been a um, an XM subscriber back when like Sirius and XM were two different entities. So he's been a, a subscriber since 2006, um, and he just canceled it this year because he just doesn't like the he. And I agreed. Like he only listens to one channel, um, and that one channel repeats the same artist. And it's the is hard. It Ozzy, is it Ozzy's Boneyard? No, it's Octane. It's the new hard rock. But a lot of the stuff that I have an issue with the programming on it, um, which is why I moved over to like Liquid Metal. Um, that's the reason I, I hopped off Spotify. Like I'd put on like a channel that I wanted to listen to. And it was like, so I can't stand the black keys. That's why he went over. Oh, to, you can, you can, you can uh, keep going, James. So that's why he went over to Pandora was because he liked the radio. But the issue was there was 
or was it? No, I'm sorry. He went over to Amazon Music. That's what it was. He went over to Amazon Music, but he's mm. uh, Amazon does a decent job, but they don't do like a full catalog, right? So if I want to hear this one song and this artist has five albums or 10 albums, they may only have a third of those available on Amazon Music, even if you're paying for the service, right? So I did not give him a Amazon, uh, Spotify family account uh, because that's wrong. And what he discovered in Spotify was he likes the idea of building playlists and all that, but the radio function sucks, which I think is what you were going to, Aaron. It was like the radio function on Spotify is absolutely fucking terrible. If you go click on artist radio, it produces a playlist of like 30 or 50 songs or something like that, and then it just repeats. Um, Oh, it doesn't pull in new ones like as you cycle through? Nope. No, the algorithm is a little bit broken. So the, a lot of it. The radio function sucks, but the cat like catalog is incredible on Spotify. You're getting deep tracks. You're getting everything that you want. There's so, almost nothing you can't find. Yeah, unless almost. it's Taylor Swift. Um, but she's remastering hers. Yeah. So they go like he goes back and forth, but that's kind of what uh, reminded me of it. Aaron was you saying that the radio is, and I agree the radio function sucks, but the catalog. That's why I like Spotify because I'm using it for building on-demand playlist and then i use my actual like radio for a radio function um because xm's got it on my phone too if i really am that hard up for radio but um more to your point aaron how everybody's week was what 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 was last christmas oh everybody's christmas yeah at least navidad motherfuckers yeah that's right uh, Cody, you want to go first? You've had like four Christmases. I had three Christmases. We're finally done. It's nice. Uh, yeah, the third one was probably the best one because I didn't have to take my kids anywhere, which means I didn't have to like stress about, oh God, are we going to nap here? Can they hear us? Are we being too loud out here while we're joyously celebrating Christmas and the birth of our savior and these damn children won't nap? But no, <laughs> the kids had a great Christmas. Um, other than like kicking some naps and having like leave early from shit, they're great. So that was cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Monday I we hosted one for both of Brittany's divorced parents to come to. Only one came. But there's a whole like COVID family blood feud going on right now. I love it. Yeah, because Joe's like a staunch Republican <laughs> who has Trump's, but he's vaxxed. Vote who has Trump's phone number in his phone book or did at one point. That's what he says. Yeah. That's what um, he says. And then God bless Megan. <laughs> yeah. No, that she's not the only unvaxxed one, but uh, yeah. So there's a whole like uh, family blood feud going on right now. I won't go into details there cause it's not my family to dish on, but yeah, so it's fun. So we had a smaller Christmas than like my mom and aunt came over. So that was cool. It kind of filled in the gaps. Oh, um, did you get anything good? I, I roasted a tri-tip. It came out wonderful. I smoked some ribs on Sunday. They were good. So, yeah, it's been a solid week. I've been off all week moving off, moving my old office to the back bedroom and dismantling a guest bedroom because the kids now need a playroom because they are increasingly mobile every day. Nice. Every single day they're, they're, they're moving a little more like, hey, yeah. Uh, why are you trying to escape your play center? What are you doing here? So yeah, that's I love been my talking to so you far. about your kids because you are just so happy having them. But also, I've been talking to other friends in our age group that have kids, and I, I 
was talking to a guy maybe two or three weeks ago, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm interested now, but I could be later, but also, like, what's your read on this? And, and you know, kind of sat back, and he looked at me, and he's like, well, you know, um, you find your stride. Is, is the way he put it. And I was like, okay, you know, like, he was like, I, I'll be honest, the first two or three years, pretty tough. Like, I didn't know what I was doing and kind no. of found my stride later on. And now I've got a bunch of really interesting children that I love to spend a lot of my personal time with instead of just, like, spending time with because I have to. Oh, so That's it's, cool. it's refreshing to, to hear stuff like that. I'm glad I had kids at 34, not 24. I can tell you that. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know how my fucking parents like were children trying to raise children. Caitlin and I were talking about that because I'll be 36 in January. She'll be 35 a couple Is days that before that. Age? Yeah, you're you're man eggs. Well, your I'm, man eggs are gonna dry up. I'm basically over the hill at this point, but like I'm, <laughs> I I'd always thought that I was gonna be married by like 20 three have kids by 25 and i'm completely okay like not having kids until now and i'm even to the point that uh i'd be like willing to adopt at this point and go uh you know i'd be willing to just adopt instead of having my own kids uh, because i could get into that like hey find the find the eight nine ten year old um so it's a little more age appropriate kind of thing but um I'm like you said. I'm glad I didn't have kids at 22. I don't know what my life would like. I was you and I should talk offline about that because that's something that I also used to think about. Um, but also, that's a whole nother yeah. rabbit hole conversation. If but, you had gone to A and M, you probably would have been married at 23. Yeah, probably. Any any Aggies I knew, like they, they at least had their first marriage out of the way. At 23. Absolutely. Well, my sister just got married, and she's 22. How old am I? I'm going to be 36. She's 20. She just turned 21. No, she just turned 20. Oh, fuck. I can't remember. She just turned 22, I think, maybe. Um, no, she just turned 21. That's right. Um, and she, her husband just graduated from A&M. So maybe they are 22. No, yeah. Aggies fucking love getting married young. Um, did Santa get you anything good, Cody? Yeah, uh, old sexy claws out there got me a pair of the uh, power beats. So I'm going to break those out either tomorrow or Friday for my first run. Headphones. Yeah, yeah. So they're like the over the, just yep. like over the ear. And yeah, I'm really excited about those. Nice. You can also have them set up. You can connect to your TV. Like you'd be some yes. weirdo just like out there in the living room with a headset, like your old headphones in. Caitlin and I, I actually keep, don't mind doing that. Caitlin and I talked about doing that for me because my hearing's so so much worse than hers that instead of ramping up the TV where Ooh, the neighbors gotta, can you hear, get, you're gonna get that VA money someday, dude. Yeah. At least on those, I know you don't want to do the the fake 100, but you can at least get the hearing. Yeah, that I will. All right. Oh, well, you got that 15 inch cast iron too, right? Oh yeah, I cooked on it uh, Monday. Was it actually? Was it brand new, or is this something they found at like a? Uh, it was brand. It was brand new, and so did you hit it with a power sander yet? I did the power sander. I just uh, I, I heated up really hot and did the kosher salt on it, and then I got like a potato and rubbed it like in. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, uh, one of our friends. It seemed pretty smooth. Like I took a, I took account what you said, and like it seemed very smooth. Like I was. So one of our friends got a uh, five incher, 
um, picked it up the other day, uh, yeah, and he big. and he could not figure out like why everything he cooked stuck to it. And so I I showed him mine, my twelve inch uh, iron cast iron, and I was like, hey, so look at the like look at the shine on mine and look at the like how it feels, and mine feels like glass. And I go, yeah. yours feels like sandpaper. And he goes, no, it comes pre-seasoned. I go, can I? Yeah, see, mine was not pre-seasoned. It's Lodge, which is good if you're going to get one. His lodge was is good. great. His yeah, was Lodge, lodge too. And I spent two hours with a hand with a power sander with a palm sander. Sorry. Yeah, just on a five inch on up. his five inch uh, cast iron. And by the time I was done with that, I started off at a thirty six grit and went all the way up to a, uh, a 180 on it, and then I was hitting it by hand. Um, and by the time I was done, and I'd, I'd put, like, a couple things of water on it, and it the water was just one solid bead, like, moving around, sticking. I was like, this thing's set now. He said he took it home and cooked off of it. And so yeah. the, the new ones, you've got to – I, I get, highly get, recommend hitting it. Get a tri-tip on it. It was good. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Yeah, Christmas is great. Uh, what, what about you, GM? Uh, Santa was really good to me. Santa got me a 20 inch chainsaw. <laughs> I like everything we're talking about as inches today. I'm super excited. I haven't, I've got there's two trees out at Caitlin's house. So I opened it up, and the first thing Caitlin said was, You can only cut down the trees, I tell you. I was like, But there's so many like 50 foot trees out here. She goes, You can only cut down the ones that are dead. I was like, I just want to, I just want to cut down some 50 foot pine. And that's not happening. Uh, And then her folks bought the house, you know, for us collectively, bought us a Traeger. Uh, She said, If we break up, I get to keep it because she's never going to use it. Uh, <laughs> what I do is every time like that conversation comes up, it is I'm, I'm like, "Hey, we're not talking about that because uh, I'm going into a pitcher's battle with you, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to a full count on what we've got right now because what we've got is good. Yeah. Uh, so and then, they but get, the Traeger is a great. The Traeger is good. Gig. I have I have some issues with it. Um, so it's really weird. So the one we got is a you know Traeger is a smoker. Um, and Aaron, have you ever like operated a true smoker where you sit down and just smoke meat? No, no flame. It's offset and you're cooking from indirect heat. I, I have, but I've only done poultry on my own solo and poultry is very forgiving because you just brine it. Okay. So and Cody will know exactly what I'm talking about here, but when I'm when I'm running a smoker, if I'm doing a brisket or regardless of whatever piece of meat I'm doing, I want constant smoke. Like I mm-hmm. just want smoke until the point that I decide that now I want heat. So this thing, um, it the lowest setting it goes is 165. Fine, I'm okay with that, and that's the smoke setting. But it runs on like a five minute cycle, where it smokes for two minutes. And then it cranks the heat up to 170. And then it cranks it back down to 165 and smokes for two minutes. And then for three minutes, it gets heat. And so, so it's sort of constantly fluctuating. Yeah. So the ham I did tasted great, but it was the ugliest piece of meat. Dude, I've that color ever. was god awful. That, like, that was some John Cornyn type shit. It was terrible. Like, it, I couldn't enter this into a competition. It was so bad. 
So I went the next day to Home Depot and I bought um, a fireproof gasket. So you can get a roll of fireproof gasket. And I sealed off everywhere that I saw all this smoke escaping. And I was like, all right, if I'm only getting two two minutes of heat every or smoke every five minutes, like I'm keeping all <laughs> that smoke. Any. It's like I'm, I'm putting all that smoke in there. Uh, so that's going to be my poultry uh, because I can walk away from it and I don't have to worry about drying out a chicken or a turkey or pork. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, like, my buddy Alex, he does pork butts on those, like, just on a fucking Wednesday because it's that easy. You just yeah. you season it up, you put it out there, and it just does. But for all my – for sausage, for briskets, for any kind of beef product or ribs, that's all going on the vertical smoker. I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm so not is that like have... a vertical smokestack with an offset to it? No, there's no offset. It's a. Tr- oh, you got the trash barrel. Uh, so I've got. I've got it. Ish. That's that's well, I'm used to. I, I the last place I lived, we had the. It was a. It was a smokestack, uh, and then on the side was the firebox. So and that seemed that'd to work. work. That's yeah. what. That's my smoking knowledge. So this is a. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Think of it like a filing cabinet. So you except it's got one vertical door. So you open it right here, and then your got charcoal it. and wood and everything goes on the bottom. Um, and you can hang ribs, and there's like shelves. No matter what I've so dad's had this smoker for about twenty something years, and no matter how many times we've cooked on it, we cannot keep a constant heat over two hundred degrees. It is the perfect smoker. This is the true like hour per pound. <laughs> kind of thing because you're only cooking at 180 to maybe 200 degrees oh fuck has anybody experimented with like cold smoking because cold smoking is how you like smoke a gouda and it has to be below a certain temperature like you are actually just taking smoke and just imbuing it with um a dairy product Mm -mm. but you you can't exactly heat it up anything you know above a certain temperature because then the cheese it's Correct. It changes the composition. Form changes. Yeah. yeah. Mm, no, I've been thinking about no, smoking. Is is a it's it's an art. I'd form. like to cure meat. I think seems like that'd be fun. That vertical one. I'm gonna do a smoked chili in it. I, and I've mentioned that on here before. But I'm gonna take our chili recipe, Cody, and I'm going to at 180 degrees do a smoked chili in there because that's just high enough that I can get it to start reducing, but I'm mm-hmm. not gonna boil it. You know, I know uh, you like to make your own rubs, but there's a meat. If you're a meat church, uh-uh. meat church, is, go to the website. They have some really fucking good rubs and actually have like a, like lack of better terms, recipes. Like they're like, Hey, you'll do beef ribs. This, this is how we suggest you to smoke beef ribs. And that I've been kind of, I've been playing around that stuff. It's kind of helped me be a better smoker in the past year. I, there's a good one. It's about smoking and it, it barbecue and smoking is such an art form and it takes so much practice. But yeah. everything that I'm doing is general culinary. And I've been taking like everything out of like the joy of cooking. And I supplement that with like the New York times cooking magazine, which it, yeah, is they have good phenomenal. Shit. I pay for the subscription to the New York times now, like that kimchi GJ was beautiful uh i it was a it was a kimchi soup this is the one you need right here so cooks illustrated illustrated oh yeah liz chavez had that coming that's a that's a that's a that's a page down mom's book right there dude cooks illustrated is incredible um yeah what what about you aaron uh we saw that you got a really dope copy of watership down 
fucking A, man. Second edition. Um, Christmas was one of the most wonderful Christmases I've had in a lot of years. But I coupled that with probably one of the hardest times. And it's just family ill stuff. I'll leave it at that because this is supposed to be a good time. And I'll regale you with all the depressing bullshit on the side. But, um, no, Christmas was such a fantastic time. We got over there. We did tacos and tamales all Christmas Eve. Um, Maddie and I decided that we were just going to stay overnight impromptu. And we're trying to sleep in these big, lazy boy electric chairs that are This is our And this is the first time y'all slept together, correct? It is the first time and the only time that we've slept together. (laughs) And this is at her folks' place? Yeah. Yeah, and and so we we slept in the living room, and there's these two big lazy boys that are electric that you can hook up your smartphone to them, and they got butt warmers the whole nine yards. And so I I finally, I, as I remember it, I never truly went to sleep. I just kind of laid there. I tried to like scoot around, and although the chair was really comfortable, I just ended up getting on the floor. And Raleigh and Lavender came over and just laid next to me. I was like, actually, I kind of like this better. So. I can sleep on my side or on my stomach. You, you really can't sleep on your stomach on a lazy boy, yeah. you know, or, or no. you start to look like. <laughs> I don't enjoy goofy. seeing it. I don't enjoy sleeping in a chair like at that angle. It fucks me. Yeah. Right. Uh, but with all that I said, Christmas was incredible. Christmas is for kids. Uh, and with that said, uh, we started it really early. And then uh, my girlfriend's nephew ended up coming over later and Christmas just kept going. And at some point, everybody was like, fuck, we're tired. And I was like, yeah, I, don't, I never really slept. I'm going to go out in the garage. And so I'm out in the garage. I crack a beer, and I'm just, like, sitting down with the dogs, watching football. And I'm like, there's an 8-year-old that got all of the Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Jurassic Park that he could ever want in his entire life. He had three Christmases, one with his mom, one with his mom's parents, one with us. Um and uh, he is uh, an eight-year-old ball of energy. <laughs> so, you know, I was just like, okay, all right. I'm just going to go take a little bit of quiet time. <laughs> yeah, we, we had we had such a good time. It was, it was really fun. Good. Uh, y'all got any New Year's plans? Cody's obviously probably not doing his New Year, famous New Year's party now that he's got kiddos. Uh, right now, the ambition is to... I have a god awful amount of books that I'm going to take the half price books tomorrow. Probably only get twenty bucks for them, and then I'm going to put that money towards a hefty bottle of wine, heftily priced bottle of wine, not 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 quantity but quality, and that'll be what we do uh, New Year's Eve is a very nice bottle of red and probably some steaks from a a cow the Blakey's butchered. Oh, okay. I love half price books. Um, I'll leave you with this last thought. My favorite T-shirt I got was this Lone Star T-shirt that Cody sent me. Oh, I love those. Yeah, I'm so happy y'all like those. Do, Aaron, do you know the story behind that T-shirt? The armadillo getting hammered off a bottle of Lone Star? No, tell me. So uh, it's tradition. Uh, you're talking like 60s, 70s kind of thing because that's an old, old label that's on that bottle. Um but it's just old tradition that when you'd see a uh, armadillo on the side of the road dead, because they generally 
when you see them on the side of the road dead, they're turtled they're up, way. right? They're they're on their back. And so you would stop and put a Lone Star into their hands so it looks like they're laying on their back drinking it. And that's, you're talking <laughs> old, old cowboy ways from from good old Texas times. But that's what, that's the story behind that, why that well, uh, like shirt it. looks like oh, that. Oh, I'm glad there's a story. I, I wouldn't have known that one. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, drunk year in review. So there is kind of a format to this, unfortunately. But uh, no, we resent structure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so we'll just talk about some of our favorite stuff that happened this year. Uh, the the little clip I played at the beginning, that's one of my favorite things from this year. That, that lawyer, um, that Texas lawyer who uh, has the cat filter on while they're on a zoom deposition and he has to convince the judge that I, I, I'm not a lawyer or I'm not actually a cat. <laughs> yes, sir. We can see that. Um, do y'all have any like crazy favorite news stories that stick out in your head uh, from the year? I've got, I know what Cody's is. If he can't think of it, I'll remind it of him. I feel like you think, you know, but we'll see. So am I going first on favorite news story? Yeah, sure. Like whatever's popping in your head. Suez Canal. Yep. Never given. Nailed it. That was <laughs> <laughs> hands down favorite the thing news to happen that happened. Came year. out of the Suez Canal <laughs> backup was was amazing. I, I I like just the image of that that the it's not a dozer, but the little like front end loader just out there, just trying it all his best to get a four hundred meter long ship out. Oh, uh, then you get the video of like what was it, a dog or something that was helping dig out on the bank right there next to it while the workers were going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just like the fact that they could like like thank God for modern technology. And here's its peak. Like we're gonna look back and like the peak of modern technology was taking the ever given ship and replacing it with that like forklift Austin Power drives and get stuck in Austin <laughs> Powers one. And just like the oh god i love the ever given it was amazing i hope it gets stuck again in 2022 i hope we get to do it again oh god but like i hope like somehow they incorporate like deep fake technology into it so the the memes get even better like instead of like like it, it takes like the meme like oh no step dozer what are you doing into like actual like a deep fake somehow and it's yeah. like a weird porno of the ship being stuck oh, and like God. another ship like starts to fuck it that'd be cool oh thank good god <laughs> next <laughs> uh, what do you got aaron do you have a favorite like story that stuck out in your head it could be funny or it could be serious well i i would say the most memorable thing that sticks out this year would be um all let's call a spade a spade i think it was the insurrection mm, january 6th um, after that, what I would say is, as somebody that likes to ride a bicycle, I was still surprised that it's okay to coal roll um, or oh, drive a yeah. diesel truck up behind a, a peloton of cyclists that are just really out there having fun. It's, so so you, you just use that so word. Stuff that sticks out. Uh, yeah. Peloton. Back, is that take like, that back. Is, is the peloton like the name of a formation of cyclists? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you understand that like um, – when you see a formation of geese or other flocks of birds, you know they, they, they create that V. Well, the the one that's, that's the strongest v. is at that foremost uh, position because he is absorbing yeah. all of this 
the same science exists in a peloton. It's um, drafting. Okay, so that's what it's called when when cyclists are riding in that formation. Now, so it's so you have the peloton, and I assume the guy that's in the middle of this is the one who's setting up the knuckle puck shot, right? Because you yeah, go correct. from the flying knuckle V. Puck time. Yeah, you go from the flying. Well, let's v. be honest. It's not the guy in the middle. It's the guy that's two, three, four, five paces behind number one. So he's gonna. So where be- where does uh where does Banks fit into this one? I thought it was Goldberg who did the knuckle puck. No, no, Goldberg's the goalie. In in Mighty Ducks two, they bring out a. Uh, Keenan and Keenan does not. That's who it is. Yeah, because he's the street. He shows them how to play real, real hockey on the streets of LA. <laughs> I watched ten minutes of the Mighty Ducks and just seeing the disappointment on that kid's face when his coach was like, "You know, you were gonna be the one." And you talk about young. Him. You talk about young Gordon Bombay. Young Emilio. Is that who it is? Yeah, you young got me. I, young Emilio Estevez, or you talk about Charlie. I don't. I. I couldn't tell you one way or the other, but it haunts. Yeah, then it, go, then it segues the into uh, Milo Estevez being a drunk piece of shit and wrecking his car, and that's why he has to be a pee wee hockey coach. Yeah, he drives us freaking uh, limo out onto the ice. Yeah, quack quack quack, quack Mr. Ducksworth. Quack quack quack, you know? Mr. Ducksworth. Oh, that's wonderful. I, yeah, those I, are the two. Those are the two stories that stick out the most. Huh? I really had you, you know, pegged I, as the uh, the removal of troops from Afghanistan was going to be your number one. Hey, um, that's just way more complicated than any one of us could ever even and speak to. Yeah, from a strategic level to a tactical level, uh, from a political level to a constituent level, Afghanistan was a fucking quagmire, and. It's not going to be the thing that breaks the United States, but Afghanistan was one of the things that broke um, uh, the Soviet Union in 1989. Yeah. So, it's. I'm glad to be out of it. I'm. A, I'm. I'm, at a point where I like to think in terms of this: Is this the hill I'm going to die on? You know, I don't want to have the bicycle trainer set up in the office. Maddie wants it in the office. That's fine. Like, this is not the hill I'm going to die on. Afghanistan was the hill somebody was going to die on, and we were there for a lot longer than we should have been. Yeah. People and died on the hill people thing. that ran yeah. the whole thing at the corporate level down to the tactical level, they fucked it, man. Yeah. Really bad. From Robert Bales to the JSOC element to um, tying that in with, like, regular Army operations trying to do JSOC missions. Yeah. But couldn't we all agree that the footage of like once the Taliban took over and they're on the little like the duck rowboats and the bumper cars was pretty adorable. That was pretty cute. No, oh, the footage that sticks out is the people flying off the plane, man. Oh, or, yeah. Yes, that too. Hey, hey, it's not all doom and gloom for me. I will say that 2020 <laughs> was a great year for me. I graduated college and then I got my job. 2021 is even better. I like... Moved in with my partner. Um, I got a promotion at work. I would say the only thing that this year kind of resulted in that I'm, I'm really disappointed in on a personal level is going back to a year ago, I said I want to do 3,000 miles. Well, I can reconcile that. I got injured. I went to two funerals. I could have went to three if I had the money. But, like, you know, life happens. I also moved. So yeah, life, life's busy. So hmm. a little bit of grace. 
a little bit of understanding goes a long way. Well, I think my I think the stuff that sticks out for me is going to be how much how disappointed I am in um, the people that are running a state that is very 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 near and dear to who I am and who I hate to say that like who I build myself on. I, I'd like to I would like to think that I. I am a Texan in the sense of uh, Billy Joe Shaver and uh, the Willie Nelson, Texas and the Jerry Jeff Walker, Texas and, and that love and uh, music and let's let's make Texas this awesome environment. Uh, so for me, it's going to be uh, Snowvid uh, and the, the Ted Cruz and the just the poor Teddy poor, Cancun yeah Teddy Cancun and just the horrible regulation of the energy grid there um and then the uh, abortion laws those are gonna be I've always news. loved like Texas for kind of leading the way in, in in terms of like the southern culture and kind of doing what Texas wants but now it kind of seems like they're just maintaining um a conservative status quo yeah. so it, it's sad yeah. but it oftentimes it seems as the concept of being a Texan has been hijacked and morphed into a very like bitter me, me, me philosophy and not like what I think of as being a Texan as being, you know, the motto is the friendly state. It's not don't mess with Texas. That's a litter campaign that Willie Nelson like helped with. And it was about littering, yeah. but everyone, it seems like most people like, Oh Yeah don't mess with us because we have guns and we're mean and we don't like outsiders. Like, but the motto is the friendly state. And you get like the appropriation of the come and take it, right? So everybody mm -hmm. everybody in the world outside of Texas now has come and take oh, it. Oh, then you, you slap a lambda on it and uh, but, you, you put don't, a, you a don't, spark. You don't tread on it, that's for sure. And then you're like, well, the irony is, is that you guys have this whole thing against the LGBTQIA plus community, but also... Spartans like to butt fuck each other, so yeah. uh, I don't really get it. Yeah, but whatever. That's you know? that's different, Aaron. It happens at a time of war on the battlefield. It's comfort, you know. And there's, <laughs> yeah, you have to reconcile the, like the pride in being a Texan, um, the pride in being a Texan, and what the history means. You know, we're proud to be a sovereign nation and all that. But you, you go look at a map of Texas in 1836. Tell us, Don, do sovereign nation shit. Yeah, and and look at how big the character I'm doing now. Look at how big uh, Texas was uh, 200 years ago, and 180 years ago, and you could be skiing and still be in Texas. And then know? understand that why Texas gave up all that land is because they couldn't have slavery north of the Mason Dixon, so they just gave away all that land, and that's why Texas goes as far north as it does. And understanding that the Texas Revolution is based upon slavery where Mexico did not allow slaves. Every person in Mexico is a free person. But still having that pride and that heritage of where I come from. I don't know, it's it's a weird thing. So this I've been very disappointed in in what Texas is this year. It sounds like you described a song by Aaron's favorite band, the duality Let of the seven thing. Oh, drive by. That's, uh, I, uh, well, that's well, what that'll be, a that'll great be tie in to the drive by truckers. I will take every opportunity I can to talk about that rock and roll band. Well, thanks, Cody. We're talking music. 
We're, hey, okay. we're into it. Uh, drive-by release. Favorite band? Favorite show? Well, or, drive or by, favorite release? Drive-by released it? a new uh, new single this year. Um, that Let's go. Incredible. So another category is favorite album songs. Favorite album I, slash songs. I'm willing to broaden that to favorite albums, songs, shows you've seen this year, if you will. Okay. Uh, Aaron, you want to take that up? Since that, obviously your favorite show was seeing Patterson Hood. Well, I mean, I don't go see shows anymore unless I know that I've got about this much elbow room. And for my audience, just know that, like, I'm stretching my arms out like an eagle. And Aaron's and like, Aaron, you're like, just, what, 6'1"? No, he's like 6'3 or 6'4", right? Yeah. Between 6'2 and 6'3", so yeah. big boy. Um, yeah. I, I just don't like shows anymore. I try to like shows. But, uh, yeah, so for favorite show, it's just going to be Patterson Hood. That's the only show I went to this year. Favorite album, it's either going to be off-season J. Cole or it's going to be Isaiah Rashad, Burn House Down. Hip-hop heavy this year, but that kind of tracks. Like, rock and roll and country has not been slapping lately. Like, Charlie Crockett knows how to write a single or two, but, like, outside of that, he can't put together one full cohesive album. Take a bunch of singles and slap them on a playlist by Charlie Crockett, and I'm all for it. I mean, that too fucking puts out music. I think he's put out... Every eight months. I just saw somewhere that he's had a career, a true career for six years, and he's put out, I think, 12 albums. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he just, Man I knows mean, some, how to work. I'll leave it at that. And well, He I mean, sells out shows everywhere. Yeah. If you he read up on him, he's straight every up, time he comes through. He's a hustler. Like, he came up in New Orleans like as a street bustler. Or, am I saying that right? Street bustler? Something Is that like that, that guy who plays Buster? music on Buster? the street? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, but he's from the valley in Texas. Right, yes, and so. then he got relocated somehow down to New Orleans. Uh, so yeah. he and released then, two albums this year. He released year. Music City USA and Hard Times or Songs for Slim. Ten for Slim. Charlie Crockett sings James Hand. He released Welcome to Hard Times. That one's good. Field Records mm -hmm. or Field Recordings Volume One in 2020. He releases The yeah. Valley. In 19, uh, Little GL's Blues Bonanza in 18, along with Lonesome as a Shadow in 18, Little GL's Honky Tonk Jubilee in 17, In the Night in 16, Stolen Jewel in 15. So in six years, he has, what did I just count out, seven albums, eight albums, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten albums in six years. Right. I was hey, close Charlie on Crockett 12. loves to play music, and if he does great honky-tonk tribute covers, <sighs> yes. and let's be honest, like his tribute songs are spot on. It's like... Dude, his cover damn. of uh, Jamestown, um, oh. Jamestown Ferry is just I mean, incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a hair Races on by... Is that races on by George Jones? George Jones, and then redone right? by Sawyer Brown, and then I forget. I guess Charlie's the next big one. There's there's tons of songs by Charlie Crockett. I can't Man, name them all. There is yeah. so many different country artists. Country artists I've never even heard of, like uh, Ramblin' Joe Jack or Ramblin'. Uh, oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my buddy Alex saw. Charlie Crockett and uh, Vincent Neil Emerson out of Luganbach. How was, was like, that? Mother, Emerson absolute is... motherfucker. 
I could have got a hall pass for that. I'm pretty maybe, probably. I could have. I could have asked. I could have at least asked. That'd been a good one. The one this new album was not good though. Was I'll that? say it. I Vince, didn't like it. Vince Vince Miller, Miller, oh, I like that one. There's like there's like four or five slappers. And to me, if you get four or five good songs in an album, like it's that'll do. Hmm. Okay. What about That's you? okay. We don't have to be a monopod. We can have differing opinions. Uh, so mm. other than the uh, American Aquarian Slappers, Bangers, and Twangers, Volumes 1 and 2, Cody, uh, <laughs> what are your album song shows of the year? Okay. See, so, yeah, I, I came prepared. Like, I had all this written out. Excuse me. All right. So this year, I think the album I enjoyed the absolute most was Garrett T. Caps' I Love San Antonio. Absolute amazing album. I suggest everyone go listen to it. I put some of the songs on our playlist. Okay. My favorite one off of that one is uh, Everybody I Know. And it's like, Everybody I Know Wants to Look Pretty. It's just about just like the culture of uh, it's like hating ugly things. It's really good. Okay. So, Gare Teacaps, I Love Santone. Awesome. Uh, Red Shahan's Havelina was really, that's a really fucking <sighs> good album. Really good. And that song slaps. Havelina, like the the trumpets, the trumpets are, I think, saxophone in it. Saxophone in it fucking crushes. Uh, I really like the Killers' new one, Pressure Machine. Aaron, thoughts on the Killers' new album? I didn't know they were still making music. Mm. After Hot Fuss, why would you? I mean, fair, but Samstown fucking rips. That was their second album. And then uh, <laughs> last, uh, John R. Miller, uh, apparently, like, after they found um, Tyler Childers out there, West Virginia's all the rays. So, like, all these fucking singer-songwriters are coming up from West Virginia now, and he's a really good one. So, John R. Miller had an album called Depreciated, and it's really good. Oh, did you see any shows this year? Well, you saw the you saw the so uh, many. Shay, uh, Cody saw so many. I went to see Shane Smith, the Saints with Jonathan Terrell in August. And I'm trying to rack my brain. Which one was the one that you browned out on? That one. I thought that was the, um, uh, oh, God damn it. You just said it. Uh, the guy who sings Havelina. Um, I did not see Red Shahan this Red year. Shahan. I wish. I wish I did. I think that might have been the only concert I saw this year. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so. It's been a year of having a baby, having two babies, yeah. having twins. You know, and I'm really surprised uh, for you that um, who put out who put out that f- oh uh, that the, the uh, Sturgill album, that the that? Stur- that the Sturgill album wasn't up there for you. His concepts. So I really enjoyed the Juanita the dude. Yes, uh, liked it a lot, but then I never really went. Because it, it, it's a concept album, I have a hard time like, like, hey, I really like this song. I'm gonna listen to it a lot. When it's a concept album, like, you kind of need the whole thing. So, like, if I was gonna like smoke a joint or drink some whiskey in my office with a record player going, phenomenal record. But if I'm just like cruising with my fucking twins in the back, I'm probably not listening to one even the dude. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to go through my Instagram to see if I went to any shows this year, and I don't think I did. I yeah, I only went to the one. I yeah. should have gone and seen American Aquarium here just to rub it in your face. Yeah, no, I, I told you to go see that. Yeah, Jam. But what about you? 
Oh, so I've I ran the gambit uh, this year. There was so many incredible ones. Uh, first of all, Architects for those who wish to exist is by far one of the best metalcore albums that's been released in so long. Uh, this the whole album from start to finish enough that I paid like eighty dollars for an LP. Um, because they only had like it was a true LP where they only had limited pressings and they did all of them in um, like they were all uh, visual like colored LPs not just your standard black Uh, so it was like an $80 LP and that was I played that I played that album on repeat and it's two fucking vinyls so I'm only getting three to four songs and I'm putting it on and then flipping it every three to four songs and by far, number one, the architects uh, for those who wish to exist. Uh, late entry, did not think it was going to make it up there, but it did, was Jason Boland's concept album. Yeah, that thing <laughs> fucking rips. And we're talking like, I put... I got, oh, I got it for Christmas. It, it's beautiful. Like, holding that that album art is incredible. Oh, did you so. get it on vinyl? Uh-huh. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. That album, and we're talking like I put that on at the gym, and I'm jammed. Interlude out and interlude in, and then the song that comes right after it are like the three best. It's just that whole album is just phenomenal, absolutely. I love. didn't expect to love a Jason Bolton album at like, oh, God. but they're kind of so like good. done. But no, 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 he's got plenty more to say, I guess. Well, and then you sent me that awesome article because Shooter Jennings is the one who produced this album. Yeah, And I guess that Jason Boland approaches Shooter Jennings, and for anybody who's wondering who Shooter Jennings is, he is Waylon Jennings' son. Um, he makes incredible music, too. Um, so Jason approaches Waylon and says, I have an idea for a concept album. It is about a cowboy who gets abducted by aliens. <laughs> he's like, fucking do you sign wanna, me up. Do you want to produce it? And he's like, absolutely. And I think they did the whole thing in like the matter of a week almost if if i remember the article correctly but they did it super quick studio time's expensive it's it's good to be economical and they just fucking knocked it out and um i am a for anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a couple years i'm a diehard jp harris fan and jp harris put out a new album um and that's not even in like my top 50 of the year because that album was terrible um, I like Sturgill. I, my, I only went to one show this year. I saw Margot Price, Government Mule, Sturgill Simpson, and Willie um, on the Outlaw Music Fest. And I love Willie Nelson. He does not need to be playing concerts anymore. <laughs> it was painful. Should... It was painful. Um, and I he saw had... him twice 12 plus years ago, and I was like, yeah, don't need to do that again. Uh, he had he had his youngest son up there. Um, you know, Paula makes bad music. Um, I can't. I don't. I stopped listening to Outlaw Country in the morning uh, because I refuse to listen to her voice. Uh, she's the morning DJ. Uh, I do like Lucas. Uh, was it Lucas Nelson and the Promise? Promise of the real. Promise of the like real. That. He makes good music. Um. But I can't remember Willie's youngest boy, and that music is fucking terrible. And I've seen artists that bring, and Cody was there, uh, we've seen artists that bring their children out um, and play with them. Aaron, have you ever been to a show where, like, the 
the lead singer of the band has their kid in the band doing songs with them? Mm, nothing's coming to mind. Everybody that I've listened to is pretty young. I, I, so nothing's I, coming to mind. I saw Ray Wiley Hubbard in 2009 do a show at a barbecue joint in San Antonio. Which makes me sad because you're saying this, but there's... Steve Earle, then there's Justin Towns who passed away this year. Well, and then that's why um, Steve Earle recorded all of Justin Towns' music and put it out as an album in tribute to, uh, like, uh, 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 was it Corolla? Um, uh, what the hell's the name of that song? Um, want a girl or a fucking? I'll think of it here in a second. Well, you know what? What kind of stuck out was how close they kept everything quiet there was no official information on what um what happened to justin so yeah the, you know the michael s- k williams passed away from a heroin over overdose but we and we know that justin towns earl was an overdose from like substance abuse right yeah he he died of overdose so yeah steve earl oh released, he did no okay so that did come out yeah so uh mm, steve earl's sad. album this year that he released was called jt uh, obviously it's justin towns uh, but the song that he did with Champagne Corolla and oh my god, oh, that song right, yeah. fucking slams. And then Harlem River Blues, if you haven't heard that one, Harlem River Blues is incredible too. But um, yeah, 2009, I see Ray Wiley Hubbard with his son, who at the time is like 12 or 13, and it's an acoustic set. And his son, he brings his boy up there and who absolutely shreds. Then Cody and I, in 2019, go to um, KMBT's, uh, oh, fuck, what is it, down in New Braunfels, what what was the name of the show? Americana Music Jam. Yeah, that's it. And he has- Last one they ever had. He had his son out there also as part of the band, and the dude just- He's good. Just incredible, incredible voice. He's got great chops on the guitar. And then Willie's boy in 2021, and I just looked at it and I go, "Oh man, it's a good thing your dad's famous because these songs suck." Um, you know, it's probably how Paula got her start, unfortunately. And I think she even got, uh, she was featured on a song with Ray Wiley Hubbard on his new album this year with uh, uh, Elizabeth Cook. So, oh yeah, he did the album like, of like duets or was that 2020 it was featuring yeah his featuring album um and that was his first album ever released in a major record label correct yeah yeah um yeah that was so yeah uh number one is architects number two is definitely the jason boland album um spirit box co-starring was 2020 cody uh spirit box released their first full-length um album uh they've been releasing singles left and right left and right left and right and that was incredible um i don't think any oh the mike and the moon pies i did jam the fuck oh, out of the god damn mike. yeah that is, that is a good one. i did jam the fuck out there of that was a mike lot of good music pies. that came out this year uh morgan wade's album was the whole album was good i thought yes. the, it just wasn't to the level of these other ones yeah there's a lot of good music the mike and moon pies one is very very good the jason bolden one's very very good they, all those could have been in my top five, but certainly my top ten. Yeah, so I'm going to stand by uh, Isaiah Rashad's uh, House Burned Down, my favorite album this year. I need to listen um, to that. The new yeah. J. Cole was good, too. Just that one, Aaron? Well, we talked about that earlier this year, where it's like a guy that was in the first yeah. band that I played in was one of the producers. Like, 
he helped produce that and did the whole J. Cole tour and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Super cool, small world where it's like, you know, we graduated with a class between 450 students to 500 high school seniors. That's about what we graduated. Two guys go on to L.A. to produce class hip-hop music. Fucking hey, man. Like, that's cool, right? Like, yeah. And, when that album opens up, it opens up heavy. It's really good. I mean, some of that stuff afterwards kind of dries out. But keep you know, talking to this. I Rashad I up has I the same kind of problem. Go ahead. But uh, Rashad had some of the same problems where it's like album opens up super strong. You're like going four, five, six songs deep, and then you hit like the dud, and then you hit another dud. And you're like, ah, well, that's okay because the song after that really really rocks i don't think um, i've i don't think i've listened to r&b hip-hop well i guess it's not r&b i, I haven't listened to good hip-hop since probably high school and and i think because because i really pigeonholed myself in high school like i had my i was a skater right so like i gave up i stopped listening to country music um all i was doing was listen if it if it wasn't heavy and hard and just fucking brutal you know like disturbed and lip biscuit and stained because that's what was heavy and hard and brutal in my mind um but i do remember listening to like people would slide me hey you need to check out this burned copy of the roots and so i remember just jamming the roots and going god this is so fucking good um one of my favorite albums one of my favorite rap albums of all time came out in what 2007 um, and that was uh, T.I. versus T.I.P., his double album that he put out. Which, oh, I guess it was like a single, but it was it was a concept album for rap, and it was just fucking phenomenal. Um, and every now and then I find good hip-hop where I'll like a song and I just can't get myself to get through the whole album. Um, Most Def is one of my favorite. Like, Most Def is one of my favorite artists because there's something intelligent about the lyrics um it it reads to me the way i like my music to read where it's 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 a good just intelligent song where it's not the same it's the same reason i hate five finger death punch i can only listen to a song about you about you beating somebody's ass and i'm so brutal and metal for the entire album that that sucks and it's part of the reason that i got turned off to rap was I can only listen to the same the same lyrics over a different beat um, a lot of the mainstream country was that way like I don't care to uh, once George Jones sang about his his dog and his truck leaving him like I don't care to hear about it for the next 40 years do something entertaining um, that's why I, yeah, like- I think you bring up something really funny is and I remember listening to a band called the Arcade Fire in the oh, mid 2000s yeah. Yeah, right. Like they had this album is is black album face. I don't remember the name of it, but it blew everybody's mind. Neighborhood. My body is a cage that keeps me. Whatever. I don't remember how the lyrics go, but um, the the Arcade Fire comes around and they produce another album and it just goes to the fucking charts. The suburbs yeah. was this big fucking deal, and I remember listening to the suburbs and I was like, it's fine but yeah this year like, it, i heard a, a bigger song where version this woman, of the first album essentially 
R- right. It, well, it was the top 40 version. It was like when Portugal, the man, figured out the um, the recipe for making big hits, right? So the Arcade Fire figures out the recipe for making pop hits. And they start making pop hits. And um, this artist from, I, I think, I don't know, Europe or something, she does a tribute song to the suburbs. And it honestly was better than the original song. <laughs> Mr. Little Jeans, The Suburbs. I know that song's from 2014, but also I only heard it just this year, so fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's kind of my music thing. Um, as far as books go, it sounds like we've all been in the weeds with it. The book club didn't really work out, but we're still kind of figuring <laughs> out how the whole format we works. All, we uh, all fact, resented just recently, we just voted JM's format off the island guys what is your favorite book i want to talk about year? book club i think book club, book club didn't was... work because it felt like homework it was and so it was just like fucking high school and college like do you remember i asked jm i was like hey how much are you reading this week and i asked him on the podcast he's like uh as much as i want and i was like okay that doesn't answer my question how much are you gonna read this week and he's like fuck i don't know man just and read books. the book but books are tough. Like if I, I like I read a shitload of books, but it has to be something I want to read. Like if it's like you should read this book, and I'm like, I'll try. I think the only book that we all agreed on was the one that you picked out, Cody. Oh yeah, Fighting Bunch is badass. The Fighting Bunch is like that. By even even the two books that I picked out, but my Polonic, which I'd already read, um, was I enjoyable. got through that one. It was fine. Which, like I'd read it before, though. It, it, like if I had it's to very st- much Palinek, right? Like he's yeah. just going to be very shocking and gross. If I had to stack them, it was definitely the Fighting Bunch, and then um, a man of uh, was it a I man was of arms? Surprised that man at arms. I like that was like that was a good something I never and neither one of those I ever would have picked up off the shelf for myself, and those were really good. But Pressfield's a kind of he's a cool writer, man. Like I. I've, Always kind of like this stuff. I so. didn't like Killer Angels as much as I thought. I thought that I was going to be my jam, but I couldn't get into it. I thought y'all were going to dig the shit so out of So can that. we say that we all picked out a book that we all liked, maybe? For That's each other? true. Like, the, the first go-around, we all did good. Yeah. Um, and then the I Palenic, fucking blew it with... Hey, I will say this. Um, Palinik's message came across, and I did finish the book. So, Had you ever read that book before? Had either one of you, you know, ever I've, read it? I've, I've yeah, read I, I had. Before. Like in high school, I'd read it. Okay. But I also, I got the pleasure of seeing Palnick like read a chapter for Snuff before Snuff came Snuff out. Snuff was like, not I, good. Got to, like, I got to shake his hand. Like I, I got to shake would've... the hand of the guy that wrote Fight Club before, you know, about the same time that Fight Club was becoming. I think y'all would have liked Lullaby. Lullaby would have been, there, and that's about a poem that uh, kills people just by citing it in your head and looking at them. I think y'all would have really enjoyed Lullaby. Um, but I just hadn't read Kill or I hadn't read um He was just on a uh, Joe Rogan and he was coming out with uh Fight Club three. So he's go back to the well on that one. Oh God. I oh. think he needs a I think he needs a, a paycheck. So he's got Fight Club three. I think it's only I think it's only a graphic novel. Okay. Something like that. Well, Aaron, you talked about your favorite book last week a little bit. Um, I missed that. Oh, well, no, I, I, listened, to, oh, I the river? listened to it. Yeah. 
so that's that's your book for the year, right? That's the your River by, by Peter Heller. Um, I, if we have any poli sci nerds that want to take take the blue or red pill into the the Afghanistan war, I can recommend some. But um, Peter well, Heller's well, The River was incredible. It's a story, I think, at its core about friendship. Um, oh, and see, it's 2020 against... Edgar Allan Poe award winner. Oh, so it's 2020 or 2021. Well, the, was, the was idea published. was the it, books... do, it doesn't matter. You read it this year. Yeah. It's yeah. books that you read this year. Yeah. So I, I did read it this, this year. Um, it's a story about friendship at its core. Um, a couple buddies from college are on a big river rafting trip. There's a murder somewhere in there, but they're also trying to escape, um, a violent wildfire. And I, I guess I just didn't understand how violent wildfires are where it's like you can be a mile away and yep. trees will start to explode around you because the gas is, yep. you know, uh, we should bring Brittany on because she has read like eight books about wildfires. Jesus. She knows. Well, she knows I only want to know more. And, and <laughs> like people do wildfire drilling where they do air assaults into like, Montana, Idaho, yeah, smoke Washington, jumpers, dude. Yeah, smoke jumpers. They made that yeah, really good movie so. about it. Oh, dude, that was good uh, about the Arizona wildfires. Yes. Um, but the hot shots. What the fuck? That was that called? It was called o- Only the Brave. Yeah, I can't remember, but that was a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Kitsch, Jeff Brolin, or Josh Brolin. I'm Josh sorry. Brolin. Jeff. Jeff okay, Bridges might have been in it too, though. But yeah, it was a really fucking great cast, and it was a pretty good movie. So outside of the river, Aaron, uh, do you have any other just books that maybe have have fought for that top spot, or you know, is Watership Down? Because I know you reread that again this year. Is that up there? Well, I re I reread Watership Down every couple of years. Um, I'll always recommend it, especially if you have like children that you want to read to um, ages like maybe at 11 above or 10 and above um, it can be kind of wordy. So it, it's, it's a child. It's a, a YA novel, I guess. Yeah. But any other books um, that were up there with your top? If you had, like- I'm in the middle of the hardest place by Wesley Morgan. And he does, he's a, an investigative journalist that spent a lot of time in um, the Pesh river Valley in Afghanistan and, he spent a lot of time with like everything from the ODAs to the SEAL teams to the CAG guys to the RA or for our general audience, the regular army, uh, uh, regular units that had to conduct battlefield circulation. And there's a funny, there's a funny thing that happens where there's not a lot of cross communication, even between the JSOC units, which is alarming, but that, occurs not just between the JSOC units, but also between JSOC and the regular army. And it becomes this bigger issue where the war doesn't go where we want it to, even though I'm you picking can... up an echo on Aaron. Are you James? No, he's good. It's just on your end. You probably have a delay in your internet. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> At any rate, um, now, Aaron, you bring up a good point because you hear horror stories about uh, somebody like, we'll just use the 82nd, right? So America, the All-Americans, where they'll go in on an objective. Um, hey, we're here doing this. 
Um, we need area suppression before our team goes in there. Um, so your Apaches are out there and they start launching rockets into area. Well, unbeknownst to them, you have an ODA or you have a Ranger team sitting there in the area on not on that objective, but within kilometers of it that are working on another objective. Um, and those rockets and that assault that you just did on a town 10 kilometers away just gave away a position of a special operations unit that was working in the area, um, leading to, unfortunately, loss of uh, operators uh, in the areas. You bring up a great point, but I think the bigger point to bring up here is that, like, for the regular Army guys, they would show up to a town called Loit Calais in eastern Afghanistan, and there would have been a JSOC raid. And they are walking in, and you're like, this place is a ghost looks town. like a massacre field. Yeah. yeah, like what the fuck happened last night, you know? And then the village elders are coming out and they're like, oh, this, that, and the other thing happened. Oh my God, I hate everybody. But for every truth, the opposite is always true. I learned that when I read Siddhartha in the 10th grade. And so what is also true is that um, American forces were absolutely used as a proxy military force in tribalism. And it... Yeah. It gets way more into the weeds, and this well, book kind of covers all of that in a in a way more succinct way than Jake Tapper did when he was still an ABC correspondent before he got his CNN show and he turned into, you know, the Jake Tapper show. Well, so I think people have a misunderstanding of what special operations groups are actually supposed to be doing. Um, I think there's this idea that the well, Navy- special operations groups have that misconception too, because ODAs think they're direction direct action yeah, too right? so everybody in the world thinks that seal team six well seal team six is dev guru that's that's a little different but you're the navy seals um and all your green berets and your marsoc units are supposed to be out there and they're conducting night operations and just stacking bodies you know moons out goons out um and that's not the operational that's not the, that's not the, what that's not their founding mission. No, their founding mission is to go in there and build assets from within and enable enable local fighters and train local fighters in resistance terms and support local militia in the a force multiplier, not the fucking they are the, they are there to train assets, which is I think how you end well, up. I don't with, want to split hairs over there, but that sounds like an ODA mission. Yeah, a that's what I'm saying. Or a SEAL mission would be like your I'm gonna blow up doors. Yeah. I think SEALs really line. are straight up yeah, about direct they, action. But DAs. but special forces like a Green Beret, its initial like concept was like as JM said, like they're there to train local nationals yeah. up. And I think and that's how you for, end up force multipliers. I think that's how you end up with the SFAB, which the Army created about four years ago, this uh, Security Forces Assistance Brigade is there yeah. now to be oh it's called spade a spade the, that's just the green berets a, uh, are no longer doing that mission yeah it's a it's a it's a food stamp for creating um a special operations team which it doesn't even do that well oh. so uh anyway um wesley morgan wrote a book called the hardest place if you're interested check it out um i'm in the weeds with it but i would not recommend it to anyone unless you had an interest in one poli sci to military affairs um if i'm going to pick out a book that i would recommend to anybody it's like well at my core what do i value i value friendship and the book the river by peter heller 
takes all of these elements, tragedy, loss, drama, a lot of, a lot, a little bit of humor, and he just paints a picture that was, I mean, like, fuck man, Maddie and I were in tears on our way to my birthday weekend. We like got to the hotel and we just wanted to chill out. So I, I would recommend that one before I'd recommend like a journalist narrative on right. a really complicated place, you know? So, Cody, your favorite book of the year is Missionaries by Phil Kay. Is that right? Yeah, Phil Clay. Phil Clay. I'm sorry. So, What's the story? Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so uh, it's a really interesting story. Um, it kind of – the big idea of it is it, is it shows the globalization of American warfare, honestly. Um, it centers around four characters. It's a – foreign correspondent it's a special a special forces medic who's been detached to like an embassy like that kind of role um a local colonel in the colombian uh army and then a like a kind of like a um, an ex uh gorilla who's gone who's trying to go straight but then he gets kind of like get back into that life when uh as the story goes but so what was really fascinating to me about this story was they so it's written by a vet and he's able to describe how americans have so they will go practice war in other countries like colombia and then once it's perfected they'll apply those lessons learned in like afghanistan and iraq so they go to colombia as advisories advisors i'm sorry advisors and so it talks about how they perf- and then it also works by both ways so now that we perfected drone like drone warfare over there in the middle east now we're going to try to sell that same concept and also drones to like colombia and so it's just a very interesting story how all these worlds interweave and uh, it's just sort of the let's try to pick the best words for it cyclical effect of it all war begets war and so how this what i think what that that was really interesting to me and then also made me think of it being a father because this colonel in the colombian army his daughter gets wrapped up in uh she you know you know last week you guys talked about being woke and whatnot well the daughter is colombian woke she's gone off to college her dad's a conservative. We need to kill all the rebels type guy. And his daughter's like, no, we should help them and, you know, you know, bring them into the real world. So she goes off and she does like a missionaries, uh, kind of like a, an internship out in uh, the Colombian jungle, old ex coca field, stuff like that, ends up getting kidnapped. So now it's like this father is trying to navigate his role as a colonel in the army and, and the Jews expected of him to like wheel a deal and also rescue his daughter. And, like it, it just, so That's maybe think of what story. it is to be a father and what you have to go through. Obviously I will never be at that scale, but is this, just fic- is this a fiction or is a true the... story? No, it's a, uh, it's, it's a fiction. It's very, it's a, it's a very fast read. Like it's like under 300 pages. It's good though. Okay. Uh, I would encourage you. I know 
JM, you probably have like no desire to read about military shit. If it's you're a, in it. if it's a fiction, I would definitely it, read it. Yeah, and it's not like oh, I want to jerk off the soldiers like a Tom Clancy novel by any far stretch. I can't do any more Jack Ryan. Well, that's yeah, Christian, right? that, that's not what this is. Like uh, at the end of it, I mean, there's wins and losses, and some of those wins are bittersweet. All JM. Right. Well, well, I've got some question for you. Wait, what wait. About you? Oh, I was gonna say, Cody. Did you? So that was your favorite. Did you have any other just killer books that you would put yes. out there? I I keep it every year for the past three years. I kept the running list of all the books I read because on one hand it's a flex on these hoes, letting them know I got the brains. <laughs> I'm fucking nerdy. Yeah. Um. So a favorite. So some of the cool ones I read this year, I. So I read Lonesome Dove last year, which that took me a long time, but it's good. It was good, just took me a long time. Uh, but then, I, so this year I read The Last Picture Show by Larry McMurdy, and that was very good. Uh, there's a there's a movie starring, uh, God, Josh Brolin back in the fucking early 70s type thing. But the the book's really good, and so it's set in like 19, like early 1960s Texas. And there's a lot of shit in there that like, wow, that, I mean, I know it's in the 60s, but that could have been 2004 Round Rock, Texas as well. Like, I really, like, connected a lot what was going on. Uh, so that was a really good book. Suggest so that one. Um, the new Stephen King this year wasn't, like, a horror or supernatural whatsoever. But Billy Summers was really good, too. It's kind of more like a, well, he's still like a going crime off, thriller. He's still going off his detective series. Yeah, but Mr. it's like, not related to any of that universe. But it's, what I'm saying is, like, he spun off when he did Mr. Mercedes, the trilogy there. Yeah. Like, Billy Summers, really good. Just kind of about a uh, a hitman. And it kind of goes on. It's like he's, like, deeply embedded for months to, like, make it seem as he's just a normal background character and eventually has to, like, carry off this hit. And it's, so it's, it's, it's just, like, how you get sucked into this small town and you're like, oh, God, I... I don't really want to leave this town, but I have to make this murder. Otherwise I'm out a million dollars type thing. So that was really good. Um, I just finished a really kick-ass book called Mexican Gothic. So uh, that one's so it's set in the fifties. Uh, it kind of touches on the supernatural and colonialism, like uh, or colonization and even to the point where, like economic colonization where you have a sovereign nation, but the English come over and want to dig up all the silver type thing. Mexican Gothic, pretty good. I'm looking at my list. What was did you Did you read um, that uh, vampire trilogy I sent you? The one that was done by... Um... I did. I read The Strain and we watched The Strain. Yeah, so the, the show was terrible. Uh, I really enjoyed the show, actually. Oh, really? I mean, the books are better, but I enjoyed the show. So, Aaron, I sent him a trilogy. Uh, the Strain was uh, written by Guillermo del Toro, the the uh, and Chuck director. Hogan, all familiar. And Chuck Hogan, right? So, uh, I actually re- I read those books when we were stationed together in Korea in 2014 and 15. Is when those books came out, and I sent them to Cody. Um, thinking that he may like him, may not like him. I hated the third book. I like him. Um, it was very, uh, the third book reminded me very much of um, the Hunger Games trilogy where they just kind of mailed it in there on the third book, and I hated the ending. So I'd be curious. I didn't look it up. So by the third book, have they sold the show to FX? 
so no, no, no. The I'm trying to remember. So I bought, I read all three books, and the show was premiering in 2015. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, all three books had already come out, and I think season one of the book doesn't even cover book or season one doesn't even cover all of book one yet. If I remember yeah, correctly, th- those are good reads. Uh, oh, uh, the last I read the last of uh, Joe Abercrombie's trilogy, his second trilogy, Wisdom of Crowds. That was good. Which one? Which one's the, so? What's the first trilogy? Uh, so the first one starts with the blade itself. Okay, so this is separate from Nosferatu and the Fireman. Oh no, I'm no, no, I'm talking about uh, Joe Abercrombie. Who am I thinking of? Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Oh, that's yes, yeah, Stephen King's boy. You're right. And then uh, last one I'll talk about. I could go on for another thirty, but uh, my heart is a chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. So, which I think Jane will talk, will touch on. Uh, that was really good too. It's just about this. Uh, <sighs> It had to do, deal a lot more with trauma and like how people cope with trauma and sort of like the identities they take on to shield themselves from further trauma. So this girl, she's Indian, she goes through a lot of shit and she has to cope with that shit she's had to deal with. She gets really into horror, slasher movies specifically. And so she knows everything about slashers. And then finally her little town in Idaho has an actual slasher and she's like, Oh fuck, this is real. Like it's it's really good. So when Cody says Indian, he means First Nations people. Uh, yes, uh, not dot. Oh god damn it! <laughs> uh, see, uh, you know we can sit here and laugh about it, but I mean, I've heard it both ways in academia and in. Oh, I'm saying like, like for the for the for the podcast like, for the podcast we've always referred to him as the. First I don't Nations have people. a running. I should are have we just a running. Go to, or, or, hey, should we just go ahead and blanket statement say First Nations from here on out? That's what that's what we said well, when we talked about always, infrastructure. I always mean to. Oh, we just, always say that. That's, well, yeah. we've been talking about it. Yeah, we've when we talked about the infrastructure bill, we we decided that First Nations people was probably the best term. You may I have do to go agree back it's the work. best term. It's just not the term that's going to come off my head after yeah. half a whiskey and a beer. It's kind of like when we talk about, we say the community, and we talk about the LGBTQIA+. We just say the community, right? It's something that, I don't know. I just don't want to piss anybody off, um, mostly, and try to give them the due respect of First Nations people. But I'll move on that. And and honestly, like they deserve it. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, Cody, so... Uh, Cody brings up Stephen Graham Jones, so my book of the year is by Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, it was written la- or published last year, and it's called The Only Good Indians. Uh, I guess he can say it uh, because Stephen Graham Jones is a First yeah. Nations person. Uh, he is from – Stephen Graham is from uh, – I believe he's from Idaho or – No, he's from Texas. Is he Really? He's a Texan. That's right. But I, I think he's got like a fellowship in Colorado. Like he's a professor. Type thing. So he is Blackfeet. Um, uh, yeah, he's from Midland. You're right. Uh, but yeah, so Stephen Graham Jones is uh, uh, Blackfeet. Uh, my book is The Only Good Indians, and I love uh, psychological horrors. I love horror. I love psychological thrillers. Those are the books I ch- truly enjoy to read. So... I bought this book last year in preparation for 
an extended school where I knew I was going to be reading a lot. And uh, <laughs> I gave it to I said, hey, Cody, why don't you read this ahead of this school I'm going to? And then I left it at his house. Um, but I took great books with me. I, I, he gave me um, American Gods, which that was last year. Should have mentioned it. That one's badass. I read that book in four days. That book is fucking incredible. Uh, but Stephen Graham Jones, the only good Indians, uh, talks. it's the story of a group of Blackfeet um, in... Oh, I think it's in the Dakotas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, I think I think you're right. Um, in the Dakotas, and it goes basically starts off with this cursed elk hunt um, when they are children, uh, and they kill elk on. They basically poach a group of elk on a section of the reservation that is reserved for the elders uh, because it's known for like an easy hunt. Um, and the elders can go out there who are less mobile and get elk for the winter. Um, and it just becomes this topsy-turvy world of murder and hallucination and ends up with some with a really, really, really cool ending. Um, it, it's hard to kind of explain this one without giving away too much. It is pure fiction, obviously. Um, incredible story. The most high stakes game of horse ever. What's that, Aaron? Uh, since we're going to put these books out for the sweepstakes, I'd like to read your book and then Cody's book as well. So okay. that's the missionaries in the last good Indian. No, the only good Indians. Yeah, I already have Aaron's book in an Amazon wish list <laughs> to get back to you later. That guy has like two books that sound really good. Another one called The Guide. Yeah, that, that was, was the other good. one he talked about. Well, The Guide is. Um, it is set place after the river. Um, the Dog Stars is the first book I read by Peter Heller. Okay, and you would say they're all good? I've read The Dog Stars since 2014, every couple of years. Okay. All right, yeah, I'll check it out. No, yeah. I, uh, like, it's it's that good. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned both of them last week. Um, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely books that I will – I will reread every few years. Um, that was that's what I was telling him uh, last week was uh, the tetralogy of the Giver. All four books in the Giver series are just out of this world incredible. I'll read the Giver, uh, the Giver and Beowulf are those two that I'll just pick up and just fucking read because I love them so much. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I have a book about uh, the Mormon Church and these two brothers that are, like it's all it's all nonfiction. Who? Phil Clay. It's in the, um, if you look in the uh, drive, Aaron, it's in the Drunk Ear and Review uh, document. Yeah, I got this book called Under the Banner of Heaven by uh, John Krakauer that I'll read her a few years because I just find the story fucking fascinating about the beginnings of the Mormon church and how it's all built on like, oh, this guy's a prophet. And then so all these people also think they're prophets and that's totally normal in the church. And sometimes there's murder. Mm, love it yeah, that reminds I me mean, of what was the hbo series that i watched uh big love year? probably no um with with um john goodman the righteous gemstones that's what it reminds me oh of. righteous gemstones fantastic <laughs> uh the third, second season's coming out in a couple yeah. in january yeah um 
other good books. Oh, so I read Peter Straub's Ghost Story this year. Uh, if nobody's read that. That's supposed to be incredible. So that book came out in like the 70s or 80s. Um, yeah. And I read it for the first time this year, and it is just awesome. Highly, that, that, highly recommend. That's like a top 10 all-time oh. horror novel, from my oh, understanding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is good. And you have to put yourself in the mind that it is like 1970s, 1980s. Um, and it all centers around a New England town during a massive blizzard, and then the then the uh, the horror starts. Right, so it's okay, if you take the, that on the list. if you take The Shining, um, and instead of just one family, you incorporate a whole town um, that's basically snowed in and can't do anything. It's uh, man, it's up there. Uh, and then third book's gonna be Dune. Absolutely. Ugh. First time I read it, I I tell you what I enjoyed the shit out of it. You like it? And yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of it, and I understand why George Lucas ripped it off. Like I, I think yeah. it is a better story than Star Wars. I think you're right there. Yeah, I, I think for me, I read Dune. And was like, okay, fine. Like, am I gonna like the next ones? And I looked those up. I'm like, what the fuck? No. Hey man, nobody cares which one made more money. I'm just kidding. No, 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 that's, and that's fair. Um, that's, it's all opinion based. And look, I, I tried to read Dune and it wore me out. No, it is. The, the families, the political intrigue. It's like, it's, it's trying to walk in on season four game of Thrones without having read the books. I fucking read all the books. I read the entire saga. I did all the back. And I, I know that you, I know that you two are, well, and Aaron, I know you specifically, are just like die hard into Star Wars. Like you've got that shit on lock. And I know Cody, you're you're super into it too. I'm lukewarm. Uh, both like y'all it. like both y'all with Lord of the Rings. And for me, I appreciate yeah, Lord I, of the Rings. And I the movies, not the books. And I appreciate the shit out of those movies. But the the politics, I and I've seen I've seen the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. I've seen the Hobbit trilogy probably four or five times each. Um, I've seen the Star Wars original trilogy, like upwards of 10 times. I've seen the prequel trilogies and the post-quill trilogies or whatever the fuck you want to call them. But the politics just like, I cannot keep all of this straight in my head. Dune, the Galactic Empire. Yeah. Dune was actually really easy for me to keep all that shit straight in my head uh, because I was reading it, is, it. I could see that point. Cause there's like, there's less baggage involved. Yeah, I, I was reading it. And well, there's I, less fanfare saying this sucks, this sucks, or this is great. You know, like we just get to the fucking point. Yeah. Um. So I I truly enjoyed Dune. Uh. Those were those would be my three. Uh. The only good Indians was just such a solid solid novel. Yeah, um, that was a really good book. And honestly, that's a toss up between the Peter Straub's um, Ghost Story because Ghost Story was just it was incredible. Um the novelty of the only good Indians, I think is what made it fun for me. I think whoever wins this, I think it's going to be purchased both of y'all's books for me, by the way. So Aaron, I think for you, uh, the only good Indians, you probably will not enjoy, um, to the level that I did. I think you're going to maybe struggle through it. And I think whoever wins this is going to, it's going to be a 50, 50, like this is going to be a book that somebody loves or they're going to hate it. Um, it well, so far, the, so far, the frontrunners. I, I watch a lot of TV this year, and a lot. Of, I watch a lot of movies. I can only tell you elements of a story that I don't like. Yeah, and 
plot spoiler, guess what? I don't like watching rape. So uh, if you want a recommendation for a movie that Aaron would not recommend, let me know. I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. You say what movie is rape? The Last Duel, Adam Driver. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was fucked up, man. I like, really wanted to see that. I really want to see The Green Knight. I can skip it. It's a character piece. No, it's a. I don't know that one. Uh, Green Knight. It's supposed to be like, uh, it's very much a art art house flick. I yeah, it's it. like a art house fantasy novel hmm. book. Again, I can skip that. Oh, I watched. Oh, now that we're talking about movies, I guess whatever. I watched the, the last uh, James Bond last night. The, oh, one, the last one, Daniel Craig. I haven't watched that one yet. I really liked it. Which one is that? Is that the it's one called that's... No, time to, no die. time to Die? It's the one that's got the Queen in it, right? I didn't see her. It's got Queen Elizabeth in it. It's got the the Queen in it. Yeah, it's one of the drawbacks watching watch it from home. Like, the baby monitor goes off. I'm going to fucking look at that thing. <laughs> but watch it last night when we had to finish it this morning because once it gets to about 11 o'clock in our household, like which it is about now, it's like, ooh, could really go to sleep. Yeah. Um, that's understandable. Um, well, we've covered how Christmas was. We covered our favorite news stories. We covered our favorite music. We've covered our favorite books. Is there any kind of end of the year wrap up thing that we want to touch I've, on? I've got one. My favorite thing to happen this year obviously was the birth of my twins. Oh, fair enough. Talk about it. It's been a seven month fucking journey of fatherhood. Um, Those motherfuckers are cute, dude. I'm they're so super proud of cute. You. Like, uh, and I'm biased, but I still think it's probably true. Like, they're really cute. So that's been cool. Um, yeah, no, it, it's really incredible. Um, it's hard to put in words. Just like, I'm actually excited to see them in the morning, which is nuts. Like, I'm sure they'll be there'll be days ahead where that's not the case because they're going to be assholes. But I look forward to them being assholes because I know I was for my parents. And that's, you know, it's, it's the circle of life as I raise my children above my head on pride rock. So yeah, like my favorite thing this year is the fucking birth of my children. Absolutely incredible. Uh, What do you got? Oh, I also enjoyed officiating a wedding. That was fun too. (laughs) Well, you look good doing it. So, and you do have a happy looking family and I'm excited to meet the twins. It's real stuff. We really are happy. Like it's not just photos. Yeah. Aaron, what do you, uh, what was your favorite thing, things that happened this year? You already mentioned the promotion. That's a pretty big deal. you promote dick. Um, there was a moment going back to July where, where my girlfriend and I were spending time at my old house and without even thinking about it, I looked over and I says, I don't want this to sound weird because we haven't been together long, but I'd like to move in together. It's the first time I've ever thought about that. It's the first time I've ever. That was kind of where I thought you were going was that getting your own place and moving in with Maddie was going to be like the big thing. That was a huge thing. And, And not only was it really great because I just landed in this amazing relationship that's super healthy. Uh, God 
there's there's so many things that go on about it, and I, I don't want to bore our listeners. But also, um, outside of that, it was a huge improvement for my friends group here, where there's people that I was living with, and it, it was just time to go. And I ran into uh, the guy that I was living with. We we went out for drinks um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a week ago, and he's just like, you know. Um, I'm so excited about our friendship because we've grown so much in just the past couple of years. And it was hard the last couple of years uh, for the two of us. Um, only good things. Good. good. So that, that's, yeah. that's me. Jan? Um, this is our favorite thing. Is that what we're doing? Right? Hey, what, what stands out? Well, obviously, you know, in, uh, like, when in I a threw up on his way, face. Yeah, that's... You know, actually, tell me all your dirty laundry right now. We'll get into an hour-long weeds conversation. I think, I think honestly, whiskey. I think I'll honest, be right back. I'm not listening. Okay. I think honestly, my favorite thing that happened this year was, as much as it hurts, uh, was moving to North Carolina. Uh, I I have not lived on my own since 2009. Um, so prior to that, I was in college had a roommate the entire time um 2009 i'm living in san antonio on my own in my own apartment i had that independence and i squandered it and was just uh, did not do anything good and constructive with it which is how i end up in the army um and then you know i'm in the barracks until 2017 and then i'm living at home saving my bah my housing allowance because why well, pay rent if i don't have to and then i move out to the farm I'm living on a ranch where I'm still living with three other people. Um, and then moving out here and establishing myself in my own apartment again at 35 years old um, and living by myself and establishing my living space, how I want to curate it, how I want it to look, how I want it to feel every time I walk into my, my home. Uh, that was the big thing for me. And that, that felt really good to get one, get out of my comfort zone. So I'm outside of Texas. I'm, I can't just text Cody at two o'clock in the afternoon and be like, Hey, I'm fucking off of, at work. I'm leaving. Let's go get a beer downtown and just fuck off for the rest of the day. Uh, where like I have to establish myself and it's honestly been probably the best thing that happened was just, forcing myself outside of my comfort well the army forced me out of it but forcing myself and having to reestablish myself and figure out all right who am i by myself man uh, i couldn't be more excited to hear every single one of these stories like from cody becoming a dad to you like uh, some of those things i didn't even know about like i didn't know that there was anxiety about moving you presented it all as a matter of fact, but kind of funny to put it all in perspective over a podcast. Cause this is all saved for listenership. And I'm sure we're only going to get 13 listens on this one, but fuck it, whatever we am like, uh, this is for us. And I'm proud of you, man. And, and Cody proud of you too. I'm proud of you, Aaron. This has been an incredible year. Um, next year, I assume, uh, we're going to have life's only getting better, dude. Next year, I assume we're going to have uh, at least one wedding to go to. 
Maybe even a little Chavez. <laughs> oh, oh, Papa Bear over there. Maybe another, <laughs> maybe another set of twins at the Whittington household. No. <laughs> Next year, the big story be like me getting clipped. <laughs> oh man, it's it has not been a bad year. It's been a weird rebound from COVID that never stopped. Um, I think we are finding out who in our friends group <laughs> we uh, we trust opinions from. Uh, yeah. Who like it's who, mostly the conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. We talk about wh- what's our thing. What's our oh god damn it? What's our what was our motto for here on the long time? Um, it's not about it's we're talking about. It, it's not being selfish. It's uh. We not me. Yeah, the we not me, right? So like we, I think in the past two years we are collectively or individually you're discovering who the we people are versus the me people, and uh, some of them you have to There's, love. The, uh, oftentimes it's like the me people really outweigh the we people. Yeah, uh, I will tell you that I'm very happy that uh, I've got to spend the last year doing this shit show podcast every. You know, for 30-something episodes, or 40 episodes, I think, out of 52 weeks. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, buddy, I'm still in. I'm having a great time. Thanks yeah. for being patient, even when I show up late. No, there was there was a legitimate time about two months ago where I where I considered talking to y'all and be like, all right, hey, at the end of this year, do we just want to do a drunk year in review and call the end to the podcast and just, like, be over? Pod in review. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a good year. I appreciate all the support I've got from y'all and from all of our listeners. All right, guys, uh, I've got nothing else. I'm out. Yeah, we're good. Uh, good night. We love you. What? And if you're going to fly on an airline, don't assault anybody. Yeah, I guess we're just not going <laughs> to do socials this week. Enjoy y'all. Oh, hey, we can do socials, but also don't assault people on airplanes. All right. As always, you can find us on Drunk Weekend Review at, on Instagram. We are at DWIR Podcast on uh, Twitter. Nobody checks it. Don't fucking use it. Uh, you can hashtag us, I guess. So we're still not going to fucking check it. Uh, call I just us, can't be bothered to log on to it, I guess. Yeah. Call, uh, call us. Uh, inform should us. we get an intern? We should get an intern. We should get an intern. I, well, I mean, technically, we're all unpaid interns. Well, I, I'm unpaid. I pay you two to do this shit because I keep buying how, how do we pay someone less than you? <laughs> Don't you have a private we can have do shit? That's like, right. Don't you have a private we can have uh, Twitter uh, for us? I'm sure. Uh, Collis uh, informed us last week that he does indeed suck at video games. So here's to 2022, Collis. Maybe you'll suck a little less. Uh, Facebook.com slash Drunk Week in Review. We are Drunk Week in Review at gmail.com for the old school listeners. Pretty little loggers at gmail.com. That one is still active. If you send me an email on that one. I may send you like some fun stickers or something like that. Just I, you can just say hi. Here's my address, and I'll just may send you some shit. Uh, we are by the time you listen to this, one lucky winner will have gotten the fucking three books and a donation to the charity of their choice. Um, I'm not committing Cody to a dollar amount. Um, I have committed myself to a dollar amount. I what's your dollar amount? Uh, so I said that I am giving a hundred dollars to a charity of their choice. I will not. It's twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars to from Cody, and twenty five dollars from Aaron, or whatever the case may be. We will collect. I have mouths. I have mouths to feed. That's one hundred and fifty dollars to 
the NRA or whatever. <laughs> but uh, once again, it's been a wonderful year. Thank you for sharing our year with us. Uh, look forward to the north new format. We are going to have new intro and outro music, possibly, Bozen. possibly this episode. Uh, you may have heard new intro. If not, then definitely the next episode we will have new intro and outro music from our friend Timothy Van Usendorp, also known as at Mosin, M-O-S-I-N. Uh, Cody's going to sample it real quick. Is this working? Yep. So we're going to have some new stuff coming from him. He's been gracious enough to donate a soundbite off of his new single. Uh, other than that, Gentlemen, what a great year. Uh, Cody, take us home again. Welcome to the future, motherfuckers. Good night.